gospel reading for this morning comes from John's Gospel, beginning in the 12th chapter at the 20th verse. And John wrote these things. Now there were some Greeks in town who had come up to worship at the feast. And they approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Can you help us? And Philip went and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip together told Jesus. And Jesus answered, Time's up. The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life just as it is destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, <coughs> real and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Right now I am storm-tossed. And what am I going to say? Father, get me out of this? No, this is why I came in the first place. I'll say, Father, put your glory on display. And a voice came out of the sky, I have glorified it, and I'll glorify it again. And the listening crowd said, Thunder, and others said, An angel spoke to him. And Jesus said, The voice didn't come for me, but for you. At this moment, the world is in crisis. Now Satan, the ruler of this world, will be thrown out. And I, as I am lifted up from the earth, will attract everyone to me, and gather them around me. And he put it this way to show how he was going to be put to death. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? As we live, we are transmitters of life. And when we fail to transmit life, life fails to flow through us. We gather in reverence in this space before the wonder of life, the wonder of this moment, the wonder of being together so close, yet so apart. Be with us as we listen for your word this day. Amen. H.G. Wells once wrote, and I quote, In the heart of every man is a God-shaped place. Now I really think that's what Jeremiah was trying to talk about in this morning's Old Testament reading. This hopeful passage was spoken at a time when one would hardly expect such a strong assurance of God's abiding presence. It is 587 BCE, or around about 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And the Babylonians had conquered the kingdom of Judah and by force 
had removed the people from the two clearest symbols of God that they had at the time. The temple in Jerusalem, which had been destroyed, and their king Zedekiah, who had been taken away in chains. Now, it doesn't seem like this might be the right time to bring up the closeness of God. But I think what Jeremiah wanted the folks to know and to remember is that God's faithfulness remains even when how we have recognized God in the past doesn't quite meet up with our present situation. Despite our unfaithfulness, our rebellion, our violence towards one another, God has not and will not abandon us. I will put my law within them, says the Lord. No longer shall they teach one another or say to one another, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the very least to the absolute greatest. Now, I don't know about you, but anymore out there, I'm amazed at how many warning signs there are. They seem to be all over the place. Everywhere you go, it seems, there are signs. Deer crossing, ice on bridge, curve, slow children, falling rocks, bump ahead, work zone, railroad crossing, school zone, church. Well, come to think of it, I've never seen a warning church sign, but... <laughs> There probably should be a warning sign out for an active, alive church, don't you think? At least the Greeks who showed up and said, we would like to see Jesus. I think they should have been warned. We should have been warned. Really? You want to see Jesus? Your life will never be the same again. I warn you this morning, that if that becomes your heart's desire, you will be forever changed. And Jesus says, you want to see me? Well, then you need to know what the cross is about. Well, let me tell you. It's not about anything you want it to be. Yet, folks, we really have become quite good at putting a good spin on this. The cross thing, I mean. Because when we're honest, it's not where we really want to look. It's not really what we bargain for. It's way too complicated, actually. There has to be some other way, other possibilities. But please, folks, let's make no mistake on this last Sunday in Lent. Let's not kid ourselves. Everything that is human, incarnated, must die. And I think that what Jesus wants us to know about his death is that it is what happens when you're human. What is human dies. But he also reminds us that his death is not the end at all. You see, in many ways, life is death, death is life. The cross is not the end. 
In many ways, it is a beginning. But looking at Jesus, really seeing him requires more than seeing just a cross. It requires seeing a life lived, not just a horrible death. It requires seeing that God wanted us to have an experience of Jesus. Jesus who would live just like us. Jesus who knows what it is to be us. Leave us with some ideas about how to be a better us. And even what it means to die like us. And in the end, God reached down with a resurrection moment that allows us to have a potential of life with God now and indeed forever. And Jesus tells us that those who follow him can expect this. They will lose everything that they have, even life itself in the following. We will all die just like him. Rainer Maria Rilke wrote in a quote, I am like a flag in the center of open space. I sense ahead the wind which is coming, and I must love it through. While the things of the world still do not move, the doors still close softly, and the chimneys are full of silence. The windows do not rattle yet, and the dust still lies down. I already know the storm, and I am troubled as the sea. I leap out and fall back and throw myself out, and am absolutely alone in the great storm. There is no denying this morning, folks, that confronting physical death is terrifying. Jesus also confesses that my soul is troubled, and his feelings are echoed by Rilke. Knowing the future does not ease the fear. I already know the storm, and I am as troubled as the sea. Like Jesus, we must enter the next two weeks anyway, alone with our God, while the things of the world still do not move, the doors still close softly, and the chimneys are full of silence. The windows do not rattle yet, and the dust still lies down. Keep the faith. Amen.